Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. All right. Welcome to episode 22 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I'm joined by Parveen Senga. Parveen is 52 years old, living in Greenwood Lake, New York. She's an iridologist, self-sabotage coach, and she's currently training to become a Wim Hof instructor. You can connect with Parveen on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Parveen's Path. Thank you so much for joining me today, Parveen. Hi, Alyssa. It's nice to join your podcast. Yes. Yeah. And for those that can't see or those that can see... You are absolutely beautiful. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah. I think it's the gray hair. It's like, working. Um, <laughs> I get more compliments you know now what? than I ever it's... did with the dark hair. Yes, it is foxy, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so Parveen, can we start with... Um, maybe some background, what your lifestyle was like, maybe some issues you were dealing with in the past that led you down the path you are now? Sure. Um, I guess, you know, I, I never really paid attention to what I ate and I grew up eating largely Indian food. So it was a lot of grains, rice, lentils. So we didn't have a lot of protein in our diet. Um, my health issues really started, I think it was just a slow deterioration with multiple things that I was doing. Like I was a long distance runner at the time. And I'm sure that was very hard on my body after I've learned more about, you know, what it does to your gut health. Um, I was not eating a lot of meat at the time. Um, and I think I had a lot of GMOs going into my system possibly, and a lot of grains, pasta. So I basically had a slow deterioration of my gut and I developed leaky gut. And so through that, I started having significant food allergies. So anything I ate was causing me all kinds of reactions. Um, doctors basically failed me left and right. I was getting migraines. Um, I even had to carry an EpiPen because some of my reactions were quite severe. Um, and then I was ha having joint pain. I would crash in the middle of the day. I wasn't sleeping well. So it was just really slow deterioration. My metabolic numbers were no good. Um, and so I think I went to paleo first and I actually experienced a lot of success with paleo. Then I did autoimmune paleo because I discovered I had celiac and Hashimoto. So my thyroid function was also deteriorating over time. 
And after that, the, my, my body was actually responding really well to that. So I, I did heal a lot. I did a lot of healing during that time. And I was drinking a lot of bone broth and a lot of, um, you know, things like kefir and kombucha and just doing a lot of probiotics, like pre-probiotics. Um, and so I was doing really well. So I thought everything was great. I'm done. I've healed. And then maybe I, I guess two years after that, I started more issues started developing. My metabolic numbers were again, moving in the wrong direction. My thyroid was getting, um, was not functioning as well. My Hashimoto numbers were out of control. They were extremely high. And so I happened to run upon a podcast with Sally Norton. Are you familiar with, or do you know who Sally Norton is? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that talk really resonated with me. And when she went through all of her symptoms and a lot of things she's gone through, because I had a lot of um, cartilage deterioration when I was like 18, I had my knee scoped. And even the doctor said this woman is way too young to have this much deterioration of her cartilage based on my activity level at the time. So I had a lot of the symptoms. And I think what was happening is the crystals of the oxalates were accumulating in my body. And so that's what was possibly causing all the tear deterioration. And so her podcast just really resonated with me. And I was like, that's it, carnivore. That's what I have to do. Except that I went through a lot of um, um, oxalate dumping. And so I don't know if you want me to keep going on this or if you want to continue with a different question, but yes, yes. Go yes, please keep going. So I actually consulted with Sally Norton first, like I did a lot of research, I listened to all of her podcasts, she offers so much information just from her podcast that really I was already doing everything I needed to be doing, but I just kind of wanted that reassurance from her that I was on the right path. Because the oxalate dumping, like some people will, if you, if you go into the carnivore groups, you'll see a lot of people that think it's, it's not even true. Meanwhile, there's people that are mm -hmm. suffering extremely from it, I, I would be just having a great day. And then all of a sudden, boom, I would have a severe headache. It would start really light. And then it would just like this whole area was just increased pressure. It was so much that I couldn't even like, I had to lie down, like it was really bad. And then I would get onset of symptoms that were like flu-like symptoms. So my body would have crazy body aches. And then I was just lost all my energy. Like it was debilitating. I had to lie down and just like, just close my wind, you know, close, you know, uh, make the room nice and dark and deal with it. But I found Tylenol did help me or no, it was Advil. I normally don't take it, but I, at that point I had to take something and it actually did relieve the headache, which was really good. But, um, so this, what, what she told me is you have to learn how to manage the dumping of the oxalates by maintaining a certain amount in your system. So I would have to slowly figure out that at the point in change where you're dumping oxalate, like there's actually a, it's a pattern. It's a cyclical pattern, meaning you might dump every three days. You might dump every week. You have to sort of figure out what that pattern is for you. And the best way to control it is you have a little bit of oxalate in your diet, because once your blood is no longer flowing with oxalates, your organs will start dumping all the oxalates. And so she gives you some key supplements to manage that, some that dissolve the oxalates. Um, and then when you feel like you're having a, an episode coming, you eat some oxalate and that'll slow it down. So then, you know, you pick your favorite food that you shouldn't be eating basically. <laughs> so I'd have like a little square of chocolate or two almonds or something like that. Okay. And it would work. You would be able to control the dumping and all of a sudden your oxalates would be under control. So that took me like a year. I would say it took me a year to really clear it. I'm in my fifth year now of eating carnivore. So 
Then after that, I would just have random episodes once in a while. I get like, um, they get in my gums. It's really weird. Like I'll, if I eat some oxalate, two days later, I'll dump the same oxalate and I'll get extreme tenderness on my first bite. Like it'll really hurt. Mm. And then it goes away. And that was one of my symptoms prior to that. So now I'm pretty clear. So now I really just stay away from them. And I'm like 100% carnivore now. So it's been a really good experience for me overall. Awesome. So besides the oxalate dumping, I know that can be hellacious. I, I had one bout of like severe oxalate dumping. And I think it happens like every, every month or so. I'll just not feel quite right. And then I get crazy tartar buildup on my teeth, like overnight, like that doesn't usually happen. Um, and, and that happens in a cycle. And so I've, I, I, I don't know exactly when it happened or when it's going to happen, but I know when it is, I'm not feeling right. And I'll have a little bit of black pepper, just a little bit. And that, black that pepper. seems to, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of, I, it, it would be nice to have a little excuse to have a little, little square of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so are you done or does it still happen to uh, you? It seems like, so the, the first time it happened, it was like eight months into carnivore and it hit me like a, like a freight train. And, um, that was really scary. Cause it was like really hard for like a month. It was a whole month of this whole oxalate dumping syndrome, um, that my foot was swollen. I was walking with a limp. I had like, I, be what I believe were crystals coming out of my face yeah. and, um, yeah, it was, it was really bad. And then after that, it, it would come like every month or so. And each time it was less severe. Like it was like, it's, did you know, about the oxalates when you were doing it or did you discover it when you rent carnivore? Yeah. So I, I think I started learning about oxalates maybe a, li a little before I went carnivore. So when I was low carb and I, I wasn't experiencing any dumping then, but eight months into carnivore, I, I did start oxalate dumping. I did not know what was going on at first. I kind of thought I had gout, but then with everything else going on, I was like, okay, well, this has got to be oxalate dumping. Right. Yeah. The crystals in yeah. the eyes, a lot of people get that too, coming out of their eyes. People will talk about it coming out of their skin, yes. and like pull them out or scratch them off. So those, yeah, they're little, yeah. little buggers. <laughs> they can really yeah. do a lot of damage. Um, Absolutely. Um, aside from the oxalate dumping, did you have any other um, adaptation symptoms going to a carnivore yeah. diet? When I first started, well, what I had to do is I, I basically transitioned by removing certain food groups each week. So, you know, I took out all my grains and I took out all processed food and then all vegetables. So I would do it slowly in parts like that. Um, my gallbladder was not used to eating that much meat. So for me to metabolize the, the fat was an issue. And I had really bad diarrhea. You never knew when it was going to come. You basically mm -hmm. had to sort of get used to the feeling. So like, you know, there's a big joke that some people will say, never trust a fart because it's so true. Um, so I had a few moments where, yeah, I found myself in some situations where I was like, where I was like, oh no, I need a bathroom like now. <laughs> so that I would say lasted about five months. I did take some um, 
support for that, which really helped digestive enzymes. So that really helped um, over time. So now it's like rarely, like maybe once every five months, four months, something like that might happen, depending if I eat something too fatty, but I think my body is able to handle it mm-hmm. now a lot better. So that was really the only other problem. I didn't really have too many other problems after that. Like it was basically just ma- managing the oxalate dumping um, and just being aware of what I ate. So if I ate fatty meals, I would sort of time it and not have them during the day and just have them at night. So that way, at least I was home, you know, just things like that. Or I would cut back on the amount I ate and add more pro- like, a, like a protein with less fat on it. But um, yes, that was really the only okay. issue I had, but I really thrive on this diet. I really do. Yeah. Um, do you eat pretty high fat or are you somewhere in the well, middle? We, we kind of bought, when I first started, I would say, no, it was probably less fat, but now what we do is we actually buy a half a cow. So now I'm kind of familiar with so many different cuts of meat. So I get a little bit of everything. And I just find a way to cook with all the things that I never even knew existed. (laughs) So many different cuts of meat that you get to experiment with. So I would say I definitely eat a nice, I would like to say I'd like to eat a nice balance now. Um, But yeah, I I think I had a nice, like I really enjoyed the ribeyes, but you can't have those every day. Um, And some of the ground beef I found was more like I would have to grill it just to sort of drip the fat out of it. If I made them on in my, you know, air fryer or on the stovetop, then it was, it was holding a lot more fat. So that would be problematic for me when I first started, but now it's really not that bad. And now I sort of just go intuitively also that I can tell when I need more fat or when I want less fat. So I'm not always eating so much of it all the time, but that's kind of like where I am now. So I have a nice variety. I do two meals a day. Okay. Um, and then do you only eat beef or do you add in other meats? Yeah, butter? I was doing more fit, some fish with salmon in there. Um, not a big fan of pork. So I don't eat it very often. Maybe bacon I do. Chicken I used to love. Now my taste buds have completely changed. Like I loved white meat. And then I started only enjoying the dark chicken meat. And now I just don't like chicken. (laughs) So I just kind of um, eat it rarely. And if I do make chicken, it's really with a lot of fat on it, or I wrap it up in bacon and cook it, or I put a lot of butter on it and sort of, I actually make a little dip where I dip the chicken in butter first, melted butter, and then I let it, and then I cook it like that. And it comes out really good. Mm. Um, Almost like frying it, except I'm baking it like that. So yeah, I have, I really don't get sick of red meat. I really don't. Um, it, it, it just, I, when I first started, I had a little bit of issue, meaning it was more about just eating that much meat. And I had to sort of adjust to that and I would lose my taste for red meat. But now I love red meat and I look forward to every meal. So it's, it's really amazing how much we can change. Like you wouldn't think that, I, you know, going through these kinds of changes was um, surprising to me. Yeah, definitely. Red meat is king. And I, I, I could never see myself getting tired of it. Now I used to love chicken like you, and I'm not a big fan now, unless it's with a bunch of butter. Yeah. That's the only way. <laughs> um, so you said you eat two meals a day. What do you typically eat in a day? Like what did you eat yesterday? I eat about a pound of meat uh, per, per meal. So I'll usually make burgers. I do a lot of burgers, ground beef. I cook a lot of different ways. So yesterday I had two burgers. Um, and then I think I had eggs and bacon, 
So during the week, you know, in the evening, I'll either have like a roast or sometimes I'll shred the meat and then have it with like, you know, sour cream and just make some kind of little side dressing for it. Um, I do, what else do I do? Steaks, pretty much all the different cuts of steaks, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have, especially when we have a whole cat and we have a half a cow. So like I said, I'm familiar with a lot of different cuts now. Some I didn't even know how to cook. So I had to learn um, just to experiment what was the best way to cook it. And yeah, so that's, I do a lot of ground beef and steaks. Those are probably my primary go-tos most of the time, whatever's quick and easy. Like I literally just have a steak and I just put salt on it and that's it. I don't even really put a lot of flavors on it because I enjoy the flavor of the meat now. So I find that cooking it different ways also enhances the flavor. You can sort of, when you're, you want to grill it versus air frying it versus stovetop versus in the oven. So I try all different things and butter, of course, lots of butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Butter makes everything better. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, how about organs? Do you include any organs in your diet? Yeah, that's one area I kind of failed at. I did, I did try liver. I've cooked liver every possible way, even the pate, hide it in my ground beef. I've done everything. And I just, I know it's there. I think, I don't know if it's psychological. Like if someone were to make something for me and not tell me it's in there, I don't know if I would still notice it. So maybe that might have something to do with it. But I did largely my first two years, I tried a lot. Maybe I should probably give it a try again because my taste buds have changed and I might be more, I might enjoy it more. Um, so then I tried raw liver and I would chop it up into really small pieces and then I would just swallow it with water. And that actually worked for me. And then I just mm -hmm. doing well. And then I just kind of like kept going back and forth. Do I really want to keep eating like, like this way? And I, I did get a little bit of a brain stimulation from it, which I really liked. Then I moved to just desiccated um, ancestral um, desiccated supplements. Um, and that's kind of like where I am now. So maybe I'll try it again. I haven't explored it again. And I find that like some of the liver pieces I have, the cuts that I have are just huge. So I never eat that much. And then they end up just sitting in the fridge and going bad. So I never get around to cooking them again. Um, my husband enjoys them. So sometimes I cook it for him, but I don't really like it. <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. yeah, I need to, yeah, I've tried everything. Yeah. Well, well, you said you failed at it, but I wouldn't call it a fail. Cause I, I, I know when I first started carnivore, I was like, well, you've got to have liver, you know, you absolutely. Yeah. But I, I really feel like you're saying you have to be intuitive. And I mean, your body knows that you can get liver if you want to, you've tasted it. So I think if you ever started to crave liver, then maybe you need something in it. But I think if something's just like repulsive and it's like, I just can't get this down. Like maybe you just, you just don't need it. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little gamey for me. Sometimes I have a little bit of trouble with yeah. the of it. Um, I've even done soaking it in milk and soaking it, like just sort of masking the flavor with other things and it just doesn't work. So it's, it's been a challenge, but I'd like to eat it. Just, I feel like, you know, I can definitely benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is nutritious. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, do you do any fasting? I do more intermittent fasting. Um, I'd like to get back. I was doing it for, I go through periods with fasting where I'm on top of it and other times I'm not. So because of my work schedule, I don't eat until about 11, 1130. 
and I usually have my dinner around five. So that's kind of like my period of fasting. Um, I go back and yeah, I just, I've done like a three day fast like two years ago, maybe I did it. Um, that was my, my really first experience with ketosis too. I think I had a very euphoric experience mm-hmm. and I did some breath work when I was at the 48th hour. And that just sort of put me into this oh, euphoria. It felt so good. Um, but now, now I would like to get back into doing at least 24 hour fast a little more consistently, but I do intermittently. Yes, I do the intermittent fasting and I do have experience with it. I just have been um, not on top of doing it as often as I used to before. But there are definitely okay. more, like if I'm going to break my ketosis, then I'll fast longer the next day just to get back right into it again. I find I get back into it pretty quick. So that's another bonus for me too. I can tell right away when I'm in it, when I'm not versus not. Awesome. Yeah. Can you talk about um, some of the other instruments you've used on this healing journey, like the cold exposure? Yeah, I kind of started both of them at the same time. I think I started, I'm trying to think when I started, I started about 2017, I started the Wim Hof method. I started the cold exposure. Okay. Then the carnivore diet, I started in the spring of that same year. So within, yeah. And then I changed my hair color that year too. So it almost like the cold exposure gave me the courage to just sort of really uproot everything and and try something different. Um, The cold exposure, I had the same experience. I was listening to a podcast and my body, I was going through some, my body was in flight. And I think that that's another part of my story too, is that um, during my first marriage, my ex-husband at that time put me, put me into flight. And so that's what really deteriorated. I think that really deteriorated my body also and my gut health because I was, had a butterfly stomach forever. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have little triggers that sort of activate it again. And that was, that's what I really resonated with that. I knew my body was getting into flight again. And I had a situation at work also. So all of these things combined, I knew that this was the best way for me to do it. And I gave it a try and it really worked for me. So I started with his breath work. It totally made me more present, cleared my mind. Um, And so that just, and it gave me so much energy also for the day. And then I started the cold exposure with showers and then moved to the tub right after that. And I just loved it. So I haven't looked back. Also, now I'm on my way to become a Wim Hof Method instructor. And I have a group going in Greenwood Lake. So we have some regular members, large group of members that meet every weekend. And I do it throughout the week also. So that's just been life-changing for me. I really enjoy it. I kind of want to start podcasting with cold, cold exposure people now, kind of like what you're doing, except talk about yeah. the journey when it comes to their cold exposure and why they got into it also. So it's quite enjoyable because everybody's got a story. Like you won't, very few people go into cold exposure that are just doing it for, um, like recovery, meaning as athletes, there's a bunch that do it for athletes, but a lot of people are doing it for um, mental health issues or, you know, an activated autonomic system, lots of different reasons and just personal, you know, PTSD experiences that people are having. There's so many different stories. So it's been really good getting to know everyone in my group. Oh, that's so awesome. You should absolutely do your cold exposure stories podcast. I would listen because I feel like these stories are so powerful to really give people the courage to just, just go ahead and try it. Um, Cause 
cold exposure is something I'd like to get into eventually. <laughs> I'm just really dragging my feet because I hate the cold. I've, I feel like I, I've tried in the past, but I haven't eased my way into it. I've just went and jumped into like a cold stream or, okay. you know, took a really cold shower and been like, okay, well that was really bad. I don't want to do that again. But I, I feel like if I can ease myself into it, maybe have a coach or, or hear, you know, people's stories that maybe somebody like me, um, it would give me the courage to, yeah, that's to why get on board that's why a little like bit the, better. Three pillars to the, to the method, right? Which is the cold, the breath work and commitment. So the commitment is key because that consistency is what's really going to get you there. And a lot of the times I'll tell people, like, if you can at least be consistent for two weeks, document how you feel every day and don't do it for a week. And that's when you're really going to know what it's actually doing for you. Cause some people like, cause it's going to teach you how to be more mm. connected to your body. And that's what the breath work does. And that's what the cold exposure is going to do. You're really learning how to connect with your body in such a deeper way that um, the changes you'll experience are quite profound. And so when you don't do the method, that's when you start really noticing and going, wow, this is giving me more energy. I'm more present in my day. Little things aren't bothering me anymore. You know, it's just a lot of little subtle changes aside from all the health benefits that you're gonna also experience. So it's really good. I highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. So if I, if I wanted to start tomorrow getting on this path to cold exposure, what would you recommend that I do as a, as a beginner? First thing you should do is start with cold showers. And so what I would do is each day, your goal should be to set a time limit, meaning set a goal for yourself. Okay. Today I'm going to do a 20 second cold shower. And then do it first by exposing one arm, then the other arm, one leg, the other leg. And if you're not ready for the chest, then don't do it yet. If you're ready, then exhale when the water hits you so that you're not tightening up and you're activating your parasympathetic system on the exhale. So it relaxes the body more, but it's almost like you're letting go of all that um, anxiety when it hits you. <sighs> Just sort of let it all out and then you're back and then you're done. We don't set big goals in the beginning because it's really hard. It's not easy to do that. And then you don't even have to go right to cold. Where, are you, where do you live? What state are you in? I'm in Georgia. You're in Georgia. Okay. So the water's not going to be that cold there, <laughs> but it's going to still feel cold. Right. And so, um, mm -hmm. so I would first start like that. And every day you turn the dial a little bit colder and then also the time. So each day you're increasing the time that you're setting for your, for your goal for each day. And then also the level of cold. Cause our showers right now here, I'm in New York are about 67 right now. I think maybe 65, they might've dropped a little bit, um, but you kind of okay. want to be, if you can get into the fifties, that's ideal. Low sixties, there's still some benefits, but then you would just have to stay in the shower much longer. But if you start noticing the benefits you're getting from that, then you can slowly move to a tub. But if you go to the Wim Hof Method website also, Wim Hof has a tutorial. So he gives you three um, tutorial on the cold exposure and also a tutorial on um, his breath work also. So that's a really great place to start. But setting goals that you can actually you know, reach is really important and it's not... Um, you know, right. So then you don't, you, you don't get disappointed or upset with yourself also, because it's, it's it really what it comes down to. It's a mental game that you're playing with yourself each day. And you have to learn how to overcome that hurdle. And that's the mental game you're playing every day. How am I going to get myself into this ice bath? 
And so each day it's a challenge. And then when you accomplish it, you get like a nice reward. You're going to feel good. And then the cold also releases epinephrine and it, you know, and it releases feel good hormones or dopamine. So you're going to feel so much better also. So, and when you start your day by conquering the cold, the rest of the day is a piece of cake because nothing else that you're going to experience that day is going to come close to what you just did in the shower. So that's a great way to start and build small goals and do that for about two months. And then you can start, you know, get yourself a tub and then start, and then you'll feel motivated to actually do that or attend a workshop and you'll have an experience with the real ice bath and go through the proper training on how to do it. And then you'll see if it's for you. Cause that's what I did too. I'm like, okay, I don't even know if this cold is going to be for me. I'm originally from Canada. So I should be like, as a kid, I loved winter, okay. but as I'm older, you know, we become used to the comforts of life and we're not willing to go either way too hot or too cold. Right. We need everything right in the middle, perfect for us. And so what you're learning how to do is to adapt and to challenge yourself because the health benefits are significant. So you're really working your cardiovascular system as well when you do that. And so all cause mortality, you know, goes down, your lung capacity is going to increase with the breath work. So there's just a lot of huge health benefits that you'll experience. Awesome. I know this is something I need in my life. I just need to, I'm, I'm a strong woman. I can do this. This is the one thing that <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I don't know. But 2023, here I come. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to start a little bit now before, before the end of the year, but I'm, I'm definitely going to make that a part of my life. This is coming yeah, in the year. You can always message me anytime and I can give you some pointers. Awesome. Awesome. I will absolutely take you up on that. Um, do you, I know you said that you used to do some distance running. Do you engage in any exercise now, any regular exercise now? Yeah, I go for walks. I do a lot of hill repeats just to sort of get my heart rate up. Um, I go for cold walks also and longer, longer walks in general. I'll do kettlebells. I do yoga. And then I do, um, like I have some, I have less mills uh, app on my computer. So I'll, you know, I pick different workouts on there. So I go through phases. I'm not as consistent as I should be. And I tore my road kit rotator cup last year and it just is not where it needs to be. Like I can't force it like I used to. So that's kind of limited my weightlifting now, but, um, cause I used to mm -hmm. do a lot more heavier weightlifting. So that's a little bit disappointing, but slowly it's getting better. But every time I think it's ready to use again, I do a little too much. And then I, re-injure it. So I think I just have to go really, I just have to keep light weights on the right arm, but yeah, that's about it. And I do a lot of hiking. Well, not a lot, but I do hiking. Um, so those are my, pretty much my go-tos right now. So I've kind of eased off on a lot of trying to be more efficient with my workouts now, get more from my butt, more for my bang. I also have a stationary bike at home. So I do some biking as well. Awesome. Um, have there been any unexpected benefits that you've gained from changing your lifestyle um, between the diet and the cold exposure? Unexpected benefits. Do you mean health wise or just anything? Yeah. Anything, um, anything. Well, yeah. Like one of that the things happened that, I, that you're like, Whoa. Yeah. This was really surprising. Cause that's not one of, this was not one of the reasons why I started carnivore, but I was getting that real, those dark spots on your skin. So I had all these 
big dark brown spots were coming all over my skin and it was really concerning. Nothing was working for me. So I knew it had something to do with my hormones. I mean, I've, I have some hormone cream that I've tried in the past, but nothing was really helping. I did lemon juice and like, there's a bunch of different things, but then I just kind of forgot about it and was like, not really worried about it anymore. Cover it up with makeup, but it was there and you would notice it. Um, but when I went carnivore, it left, it was gone. It just disappeared. And one day I just kind of looked in the mirror. I was like, oh my God, my spots are gone. I didn't even like notice that they were, they were fading because I just got used to them being there. So that was extremely un unexpected. I do feel that it was related to my hormones because I am in menopause. And I know another thing that destroyed my body was on the birth control pill for over 20 years. So that was another area too that I think did a lot of damage on my body. So when I stopped taking the pill, I had a cycle for three months. And then after that, never came back. And so I do believe that the fat in the meat definitely has been beneficial to me in balancing my hormones. Doing the Wim Hof method is also supportive of that as well. So that's been really great. Um, the people that have come into my life from this, I'm just, I have a really good circle of friends now with like-minded like people. So that has been huge. And when I started my group for cold exposure, I was on my own doing it. And then slowly I just started finding people that joined my group. Now I have over 250 people in the group with at least 16 regulars that I see, you know, at different weekends all the time now, which is great. So that's been really good. So I've formed a lot of friends, friendships like that. And even local people too, you just find all the people now and the, and the word is growing in this particular area. So that's been fantastic. Um, health benefits wise too, you know, my brain function is a lot better. I have more energy through the day. It's very sustained. My mental stamina is also really good where I can just keep going and going and going. Um, and then, you know, weight, you know, everything's, the weight's off all in the right places. Um, so I really enjoy that. My metabolic numbers and my blood work has all improved. So it's just been really good. And I have the data behind me also for the non-believers that, you know, look, the numbers are all moving in the right direction now. So, and I've always been really good about keeping like getting my reports also just to sort of checking in on myself and seeing if it's actually working too. So that's been really good too. I sleep better. Um, my hair, I, my hair is better. Not that my hair was any worse. I've always had pretty thick hair, but I think because of my health issues at such an early age, that's what probably contributed to me becoming gray. Like I had gray hair starting when I was in my twenties. I started coloring my hair in my thirties. I'd say in my forties, I was pretty gray because I had to go through that whole line demarcation when I was growing it out. So that was not fun because um, you could really see it and you can't hide it. You just kind of have to go with it. So I just cut it all off. Um, so that's been really good too. And other than that, nothing comes to mind right away. I'm sure there are some other things that I've, that I've experienced, but those are the top ones. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, I, I always love hearing people just tell me their whole list of things because it's, it's always so, so inspirational. Um, my body's just, and calm. you, you really like meaning like when yes. I sleep, my body now is just like silent. Like I don't have any aches and pains, no achiness. Like that was like, just like huge for me. Cause I spent so many years of my life with some kind of problem. Like I used to take a lot of Advil. It was terrible because I would always get some kind of discomfort that would interrupt my sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing of the past. Exactly. How about you? Um, what's, your, what's the biggest benefit you've enjoyed 
eating this way? And how many years have oh. you been carnivore? Well, it's been, I think, 16 months now. 16, okay. And yeah, the biggest, absolute biggest thing that happened for me, and I was like, okay, well, this is for life. Right. I had astronomically high blood pressure. I mean, it was so high, nothing I, nothing I could, I could do, um, would bring it down. I was, I was, you know, very low weight. I had taken on a plant-based diet because it was the most healthy way you could eat. And I was running all the time. I mean, I was doing all of the right things, meditating, yoga, I was just like, okay, whatever I have to do, I need to get this under control. Even medicate with medication, it would still be high. And it was this huge monkey on my back. Um, and three months or three weeks into the carnivore diet and the blood pressure issues completely vanished. And, and wow. it was really like a, like a miracle at the time. It was like miraculous. Cause it was this huge bane to my existence. Uh, I was carrying around with me all the time. And, um, I mean, and like I said, at the time it was like a miracle, but now understanding what's going on and why my blood pressure was so high before, no matter if I, you know, it didn't, didn't matter what I did until I cut out the carbs. Mm-hmm. So I like to pe- tell people, cause I was feeling, I felt cursed cause I was young. I was in my early twenties and all of this is happening to me. And so I tell people, no, I wasn't cursed after all. I was just carved. I just, <laughs> I just had too many carbs. Um, and you know, that was, that's the biggest thing, but there's been, it's completely transformed my life. Um, and there's so many benefits. My story is actually episode number one of the carnivore stories podcast. So if you want to okay. hear me go more into everything, definitely. Get how was your family for you? Like, that's um, been, how's your family like accepting it? Have you had any problems with that? Cause I know a lot of people have problems like socially. And I know like for me, when I gave up drinking, that was one where I lost a few, not that I'd say I lost a few friends, but I was more like, I just didn't get, I didn't go out as much because I knew the environment wasn't really going to be for me, but with the meat, it hasn't been a huge challenge. Most of my family has been pretty accepting of it. So, and there's always like something I can eat. So that's been pretty good for me overall. How about you coming from the South and all the cards? That they yeah. Make? You know, uh, I, I think I, since adopting this way of, of eating, I've heard from people like, oh, well, you're really extreme anyways. So I don't think it was that big of a surprise. That I was doing something very extreme, but I think it was like, oh, wow, really? You're only eating meat. You're going to eat anything else. And no one was like, very negative, but also I didn't come out to anybody until all of these great things had started happening to me anyway. So it was like, well, if they did have something bad to say about it, you know, I can like, well, Hey, you know, you can't argue with this. Um, my grandfather though, um, he's been very brainwashed about, you know, the heart healthy whole grains and, that fat is so bad for you. And I don't think he even really knows that I'm doing what I'm doing to improve my health, but he'll make comments about, you know, you know, people who eat a bunch of fat, get diabetes or something like that. And, (laughs) and he's, he's very, he's much older. So I'm just like, well, you know, I, 
I, I'll say what I know, but I know I can't, I can't change his mind too much. It's sad though. Cause I, I feel like he's, it, it would really benefit him to stop eating Cheerios and muffins yeah. in the morning. Definitely. It's really yeah. hard for a lot of people and it's an addiction, right? All the food is now designed to be addicted. It's just as bad as being a smoker. So it's really, it's not easy for a lot of people. I think for me, the biggest change was when I stopped craving the, the, the junk food or just the carbs in general. And that once that craving goes away, you just can't give into it anymore. And then it, it actually is just easier mm-hmm. also not to. And then you just, and then you have the side effects. Like when you do eat it, you don't feel good after you ruin a night's sleep. So for me, just the consequences of caving is usually not good. So that is enough for me to be a good deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think about, um, straying because what, what I went through, it was actual hell on earth Mm -hmm. dealing with my health, um, and doctors not being able to help me. So I'm, I, I'm not even tempted. Cause I feel like even when I, if I think about a cupcake or something, I, I, it's like ingrained in me. Like I remember how terrible that felt and it's not appetizing. It's, it's not something that, that like, I know it wouldn't do my body any good. So it's, right. it's not something I would even think about eating. Um, well, we are almost out of time. This has been such a beautiful interview, such a beautiful experience meeting you. Um, and I have one, one last question to ask you, what advice would you give to someone just starting out on carnivore, or if they were in the position you were in way back when, um, you started having all of those food allergies? Um, well, I think if you're going to actually start carnivore, there, there are two things. One, I think that's really important to journal everything. So because whenever you're making changes or removing things out of your diet, I think it's important to document what you're experiencing because then you can really identify like, are you, can you still eat dairy? Like you might be one of the people who can't eat dairy. Can you eat dairy by the way? Are you okay with dairy? You know, I can have dairy once a week and I mean, I could have it every day, but I don't, I don't feel as good as I would if I Cause I do raw milk. Yeah. I have access to raw milk here and I do cheese. I'll do goat cheese and stuff like that. But I feel that when you remove food groups, like you should also document when you did it, or if you're introducing a supplement or anything like that, mark it on a calendar, because then it's really easy to go back and troubleshoot when you run into problems. So a lot of people don't do that. And then you're just playing a guessing game. And if you have it documented, it's really easy to identify because you can say, Oh, I stopped this. And now this is much better. So then, you know, specifically, so I would say definitely journal everything and you don't have to have, it doesn't have to be intense. Just use your calendar and just write it on there. That's what I used to do. And then I would just save the pages so I could look back. Um, And the other thing is, you know, some people can go cold Turkey, others cannot. So I think I, I liked my approach for myself, which is just remove certain food groups and take it on a weekly basis like this. And then you still have that time to enjoy what you like. And you, as you slowly remove all the things that you can't eat anymore, Um, but do it, do it systematically. You don't have to jump into it cold Turkey. Some people do great like that. Others do not. So I think that's really important too. And do, you know, your body best. So I think that is also really important to just take it slow. It doesn't have to be so quick and allow your body and time to adapt and adjust to the changes that you're making. And then reduces the suffering (laughs) for some, there's a lot of suffering. And, you know, when you transition, it's not easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a, that's a great piece of advice to journal. Um, cause I, I definitely did some guessing game time, but I, I got to the point that I was like, okay, well I can write down. I, cause I would just do it on my calendar in the kitchen. Like, okay, on this day, I stopped having dairy, no dairy, no dairy, no dairy, no dairy, dairy all this week. All of these issues are all of a sudden yeah. here. And like, that's yeah. how I discovered that I can't have black pepper and eggs were also problematic for me. So when I started eating more eggs, I discovered that eggs are causing muscle aches for me and I didn't have a lot of food to choose from. So I knew it was the eggs. Um, so I think it's the eggs, egg whites or what the chickens are actually eating. So mm-hmm. I wasn't got that information at the time. So I think for me, um, I would never have figured that out unless I was like journaling and knew what I ate each day and stuff. So I was able to adjust, like even some, some spices don't sit well with me either. So a lot of the nightshades and black pepper are not okay for me. Yeah. I'll still get, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's amazing how we're all so unique and, that's, that's one thing I've really, um, gathered from being in, in this whole carnivore space is a lot of people say a lot of things, but you really have to learn yourself and learn what foods do to you. Like with dairy, I don't get any digestive upset, but it does give me a rash on my elbows and it gives me acne. Um, but, and and I'll, I might feel a little bit sluggish, but you know, it doesn't affect me. Like it, you know, if I was eating it, I'd be like, well, no, I'm not lactose intolerant. I don't have an allergy to it. But, but I mean, when, when you're only eating like five things, it is, it is easier to narrow it down, especially if you're keeping notes. Exactly. All right, Parveen. Well, this is again, thank you so much for meeting with me today is kind of last minute. I didn't think I I was going to get to have you on the show. So I was so ecstatic when I found out that we were going to (laughs) well thank you so much for the opportunity I really enjoyed that and hopefully we can help more people out there and they can connect to anything that we're saying to help them make some better choices for themselves absolutely absolutely well you have a great rest of your day you too thank you that's it for today until next time stay meaty stay strong and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you and the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.